This is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. We're thrilled today to have with us one of the great CEOs in the country. We've got Maria Ryan, the CEO and president of Cottage Hospital in New Hampshire. We're going to talk to Maria about priorities, how things are going, her points of pride in Cottage Hospital, and more. Maria, can you take a moment and introduce yourself? Hi, Scott. I am Maria Ryan. I'm a PhD doctor in healthcare administration, but I'm also board certified as a nurse practitioner. And when I worked clinically, primarily in an emergency department, and I've been president and CEO of Cottage Hospital for over a decade. Talk to us for a moment about your product with Cottage Hospital. Give us a few of the particular points of pride. And I want to talk about your career journey. Well, Cottage Hospital is the smallest hospital I've ever been in, and when I wanted to come home to New Hampshire, because I'm a native New Hampshire, right, I thought, what am I going to do all day in this little rural hospital? I was busier than I was in the 400-bed hospital I left, but I have to tell you what attracted me to Cottage sincerely was the people. The people all wanted to strive to be excellent. They didn't want to sit on their laurels because they were in a small hospital. They really, really wanted to be the best. And they were looking for a leader to take them out of that zone of being good and to go to greatness. And we have taken that hospital together with the employees, the community, myself, We are a designated trauma center, which is number one, atypical for a rural small hospital. And where most small hospitals refer out a lot because they can't handle really critical patients, we still have a very progressive intensive care unit. And we also have a referral in adult Jerry psych, you know, we'll take younger than 65 years old, but an acute unit. So looking at the state of New Hampshire, the state of Vermont, because I'm right on the border of Vermont, one of the areas that both states were struggling with was care for acute psychiatric issues. So I knew looking and vetting this service line, I couldn't make it just for my community because I could never fill the beds and it would be a failing financially uh, business adventure and I can't do that to a small hospital everything I do has consequences financially every business line if I make the wrong decision I could topple this this hospital so I took my time it took me about four years to really bet this and I made it to be a referral in center and I thought darn this is this is going to be great I'm going to really not only take care of a need that's out there for multiple states, I'm also going to stabilize the finances of the hospital. And I could have bet my life most of the referrals would have been from Vermont because they didn't have a niche unit like this that was the older adult uh, for psychiatric, acute, and we're not long-term, but acute psychiatric issues. And so I opened it up. We were full almost from day one. The referrals come from New Hampshire, Vermont, Massachusetts, Maine, but primarily, I got it wrong. It was a good service line and it definitely uh, solidified and stabilized our finances, but it wasn't from Vermont. It was actually from Manchester, New Hampshire. And I didn't forecast that because Manchester, New Hampshire has a very large acute psychiatric unit for older adults. 
and also on their on your way to Cottage Hospital in the Lakes region, there's another uh, acute geriatric psych unit. But um, the one in Manchester would become very full. They would have nowhere to go, and they liked the care and the outcomes at Cottage Hospital, so they bypassed other areas and sent their referrals to Cottage. So it's been very good for us, but again, very atypical. So a fascinating, a fascinating strategic move that ran contrary to a lot of the traditional advice to go with the route, the direction you went, and a fantastic thing to keep your hospital tremendously vital and a very important part of psychiatric care. Take a moment now as you look at the future. What are the big priorities now? What do you think about now as what you should be doing? What are the three big priorities for Cottage Hospital today? Yeah, it's a great, great question. You know, everybody's life changed with COVID-19. And, you know, the thought is telemedicine is going to take over and maybe you could downsize your primary care because, you know, people might like not having to come in to um, an office appointment. That's not typical in a rural area because of the intermittent Wi-Fi in areas, some people don't even have computers. It didn't really work out that great in, a, in our rural area. Some of the primary care docs that aren't employed at the hospital have told me about one in 10 patients would utilize telehealth. And here at my own hospital, we do have a multi-specialty uh, clinic. I asked them too, how's it going with telehealth? You know, some people do use it, but it's not the majority. So one area is continuing to strengthen that primary care for access for people and um, looking at the specialties that are needed within our community. Because I really don't want to duplicate services that people could get, you know, within a 30, 40 mile range. Um, but transportation, transportation has been high on my list for many, many years. And it looks like finally it'll come to fruition where I'll get a transportation van that those people who struggle to get to their appointments, I can now help them come in to, to access uh, care. And lastly, always finances. What really bothers me is when healthcare becomes so astronomical that people can't afford care. We do give about $2 million worth of charity care a year and we'll continue to help people. We'll never refuse people for care ever, 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 ever. <laughs> I don't care what we have to do, but I also want it affordable. So the other thing that makes cottage very atypical is I look at costs all the time and try to lower costs when I can. So in a small, just economics 101, small hospital, low volume. So payroll, right? For my small 35-bed hospital, my payroll's at least $1.6 million a month. My electric bill is $30,000 a month. So it's very, the equipment, you know, you know, CAT scans over a million dollars to buy one. So equipment's expensive, to have the right staff is expensive. So normally economics, you have to raise prices in a rural area just to cover the payroll. And we've defied logic and we've actually lowered costs and we're considered high, high quality. We've gotten national awards from the National Rural Health Association for our quality, but we've been able to have reasonable costs and we're much lower cost than anybody around us. So um, I want to continue that mission as best I can. For years and years, I didn't have any charge 
increases in, unfortunately, in the last couple of years, just being very transparent, which I always am with my community, I have had to raise some charges. But that is something that I really fight against and want to keep reasonable. I speak Take very Take a fast. moment, Maria, on <laughs> great priorities on, you know, continue to keep costs low, improve transportation, strengthen the primary care network, all very, very important. You've had a great leadership career, a great career journey. Take a minute and give two or three pieces of advice to other leaders. What advice would you give to emerging leaders? Not always look at what everybody else is doing. You know, there's magazines come out and it looks like um, emerging trends. You always, always have to look at your market. Things I would do in my very urban Pennsylvania market I couldn't do in the rural area. So you really have to know your area and know what's logistically possible. So that's number one. Number two is really explaining your vision and getting others involved in your vision. And I can tell you, when I first came to Cottage, I felt like it was Maria's vision and I think initially it was because I was taking them in a different trajectory than they were used to. I was a different type of a CEO. And now it's definitely our vision where we're going. The employees are very much involved. I kind of put it that way because that's what I like. I like the employees to be part of the decision making, especially when it comes to their own unit. I like them to be involved. They determine um, clinical protocols with their medical staff, their nursing staff. They determine everything that goes on in their environment. I have to ensure we're following regulations. So I always say there's three types of decision making. One, only I can make because it's regulatory and I have to follow regulations. Two, we all talk, but I still have to be the owner of the decision and I'm accountable for the decision. And then there's a third type of decision making where we can all talk and we can all decide on that decision making. So I'm very good about explaining the whys and hows and involving people and letting them be the decision makers when possible. And and then it becomes our our own trajectory. You know, if we, we make a mistake, we make a mistake, we pull up our pants and then we move on. So culture is another thing that every leader should look at in their environment. And that's something that you, you've got to take an active role in as a leader in outlining it. Like we have a code of conduct because we had to outline that isn't a department by department autonomous thing to determine culture. It has to be facility-wide, what we think or what we want as our culture, to treat each other with respect and dignity. If you have a disagreement, to do it in a professional manner, to greet every customer coming in with a smile, that's something that we take very dear to our heart. If I haven't heard it once, I wish I had a nickel for every time I heard vendors that come into the hospital and say, your people are so kind and helpful and nice. You can't, you can't bottle that. People enjoy coming to the hospital. They enjoy working at the hospital. You, you might think, oh, it must be hard to get medical people to come out specialists to a rural area. Are you kidding me? They, they are coming. They are applying. They want to be in this rural environment, especially since COVID. They're trying to get out of big cities but they like the fact that there's not a lot of red tape. 
not a lot of committees. If they want to change something for the betterment of patient care, they can do it. So it's a really good culture, really good environment for employees. And that's something that leaders need to pay attention to big time. Because we all know the cost of turnover. The cost of turnover is, is brutal. You've done just a remarkable job in strengthening a rural hospital. Not an easy thing to do in today's world. I want to congratulate you, and I want to thank you today, Maria, for joining the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Just a tremendous thought and guest, and and a great job of of sort of zigging when others were zagging to great success there at Cottage Hospital. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Scott.